On today's episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about stocking the pantry. How do you approach it? How do you clean out what you have? How do you get organized? And what are the key items for a well-stocked pantry? Welcome to Feeding the Family with Dr. Kristen, where we help you navigate the challenges of feeding your family and learn about the role food plays in our health and relationships. Feeding and food relationships can be stressful, confusing, and even destructive. I'm Kristen Saxena, a pediatrician and mother of four who's been researching and sharing what I've learned about feeding for over 10 years. In this podcast, I'll share my experience and expertise to help our kids and ourselves with everyday survival tips for real parents. This podcast is about progress, not perfection. So let's get started. Welcome back to Feeding the Family with Dr. Kristen. I'm your host, Kristen Saxena. If you're enjoying our episodes, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss one. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about stocking the pantry. So stocking your pantry well is probably one of the biggest things that you can do to help yourself feed your family well. So I don't think that there's any um, ultimate guide on what makes for the perfect pantry stocking. Of course, it's going to vary quite a bit from family to family based on your food food preferences and any uh, dietary restrictions or special diets you might follow. Um, And also, of course, pantries vary based on size of the family family and size of your home. Um, But for our purposes, I really want to talk about the pantry to involve um, not only like your cabinets and drawer space or maybe if you're fortunate enough to have a large area that you can use as a pantry, but also the fridge and the freezer, basically any foods that you can keep on hand for longer than a week or two. um, And that can kind of be the staples that you use in your home to prepare meals. And the idea being that if you have a well-stocked pantry, you usually can go to that pantry to create a meal without purchasing anything additional or will only require a few fresh ingredients that you can add from the store to make a complete meal. Okay, so first things first, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that in order to get your pantry where you want it to be, the first step is really probably going to be cleaning out the pantry that you have. So I don't know about you, but for me, the in the pantry, it's really easy for it to turn into this like cluttered mess of little bits of leftover this, um, you know, the remnants of something where I bought a specific item for one recipe that I was going to make, and then the rest of it just sits there for eternity. You know, sort of the the crackers that you got in a gift basket once that nobody liked. And I think that part of that just comes from the fact that, you know, we all feel bad wasting food. And so you kind of keep it around thinking, oh, you know, maybe I'll use it someday. Or maybe you think maybe someday we'll start to like this. But truth be known, if you really ask yourself, that's probably not going to happen. And what ends up happening is your pantry becomes sort of this cluttered mess, um, half of which you're probably not using or items that are no longer good or expired. And it becomes even more difficult to use your pantry because you can't see everything that you have in there. And, uh, you know, you end up, I think we've all been in the situation where you end up going to the store and you buy something only to find out, you know, you already had it hiding out in the back of the pantry. You just couldn't see it because you had all of this cluttered mess of things that you don't use. So the first step I would say is to just completely take everything out of your pantry and truly go through it and be ruthless about it. So if it's something that you haven't used in the last year or even last six months, get rid of it. If it's something you know that nobody in your house really likes, 
get rid of it. If you know it was something you bought one time to use for a recipe and you and it's not a recipe you plan on repeating and you don't have any plans for repeating it anything like it in the future, get rid of it. And again, like I totally understand and I um, hate food waste, but I actually believe that by doing that and by clearing that out and keeping only the things that you're truly going to use in your pantry and that you can see and make them more useful, um, in the long run, you're gonna save money and you're gonna have less food waste. Uh, And it's gonna make it easier to plan meals and prepare them when the pantry that you look into, you can see what you have and it becomes a much less stressful experience uh, when you're not looking at a cluttered mess but instead an organized, area that contains things that you'll actually use. So once you've cleared everything out and you're left with only the items that you want to put back in your pantry, the next step is to really think about how you wanna organize it. Now, I don't wanna make this episode about the best way to organize your pantry. I think that that would be an episode all of its own and probably one we should get my organizer friend back on here to talk about. But the main thing is, is I don't think there's actually one right way to organize a pantry. It's gonna depend a lot on you and of course the space that you have available. But what I would say is just, it doesn't, what matters the most in organizing it is two things. So number one, that you can see everything that you have and number two, that it makes sense to, Um, according to the way that you use it or according to your lifestyle. So for example, like your honey might live with your condiments or it might live next to your tea or it might live with your baking ingredients, just depending on how you usually use it. So I don't think that there's one right way to do it, but to just think about like what is what is the purpose that this serves in our daily life. In terms of organizing, I have found that there are things that do help. So we are have kind of one of those like closet style uh, pantries and I have found it's, it's in a corner. And so getting like a big lazy Susan to go in the corner of those shelves has been super helpful in the sense that you can kind of rotate it around and it makes it so that there's more visible useful space. Also the little risers in the cabinets for spices kind of makes it easier where you're not trying to look look back and see what's behind things as as uh, as much. So I think finding little tools like that that might be useful in the space that you have can be super helpful, again, with the main objective of making sure that everything is visible. The other thing I will say is being able to find clear containers for things, flour, sugar, things of that nature, not only keeps things more tidy, because I don't know about you, but my flour and powdered sugar, if I keep it in the bag, just becomes a mess of dust. but it also keeps things fresher and again, more visible. So find some tools and organize the items according to the way that you use them. And that will be kind of the one first step to make your pantry a little bit more usable. It's kind of funny to talk about those plastic containers. I have to say, back in the day, I feel like I used to see those kind of things on Pinterest or on people's blogs and feel like, okay, I was not one of those people. Uh, just made things seem so clean and organized. I have a friend, actually, Missy, who's been on here, and I will tell you, her whole pantry, she's a super organized person, her whole pantry is full of like adorable, cute little containers. Um, but I did make the shift, and we have a lot of items now uh, that are in plastic containers. And I can tell you that not only does it keep things a lot more organized and visible. But once you get started, I promise you it really isn't that difficult to maintain. Uh, You know, when you get a bag of chips and you just like open the container and throw the bag in there, uh, again, it keeps things fresher and tidier and it really, the extra step really doesn't end up being that much more difficult. So even if you feel like maybe you're not one of those like clear plastic container 
fancy pantry people, um, I would say give it a, give it a try. At least maybe maybe for some of your flours or sugars or things you don't use that often. And uh, I think you might like it. So the next step after we've got our pantry all cleared out and organized is to fill in the blanks or what's left of our space with items that will truly make it easier to feed your family. So if you want the complete list that I've put together, I've put together a more complete list that probably you don't want me to read to you here. And that'll be available on our website at kristensixena.com. We'll offer a link in the show notes. So if you're looking for our, you know some reference or where to get started, I do have what I think are some good staples that'll be helpful for just about any family. Um, But I did want to just kind of go through some of the categories of things that you might want to put in your pantry and talk a little bit about what's the thought process behind what decisions you might want to make. But having some good basic oils and as well as different vinegars that you might use for dressings um, is always useful to have on hand. The other thing in pantries are canned and jarred items. So... Uh, for me, this this is a lot of beans, and uh, also I found that like tomatoes in diced and sauce form are usually useful for almost any pantry. But think about what your family likes to eat. Uh, canned vegetables and fruits can be super helpful if that's something that your family likes to eat. I know at our house, like I have to buy the economy-sized thing of canned olives because my kids will just eat a whole can of olives at a sitting. So think about that. Um, what what are the, the fruits and vegetables, canned beans, things like that, that your family likes to eat? Um, because I think that cans and things can take up a lot of space. So being a little bit more specific about what you actually use can go a long way in helping you have a, a tighter, more organized pantry. Herbs and spices. So for me, that was one uh, one space in my house that could easily get out of hand. I, I've said, you know, we like to try new recipes. I like to try all kinds of foods. And we like to eat food from lots of different ethnicities. And so what would happen is, you know, each kind of flavors from across the world tend to come with their own spice profile. So I found myself uh, with a cabinet full of spices and seasonings, especially very specific ones that I might have purchased for one dish that I only used once. Um, Maybe it wasn't something that was going to make it into the regular rotation. And then because I bought it and I spent, you know, you spend a lot of money on those little spice jars. Um, So I would keep it thinking maybe I'll use it for something again and then never did. So for me, that's one area that can really get out of hand. Um, You know, in our house too, we we eat a lot of Indian food. My husband's family's from India, and so we end up with you know, a lot of the spices that we use for Indian dishes. Uh, one of my favorite of those is actually um, something called garam masala, and that's something, you can sometimes find it at like a regular grocery store in a little jar. Most of the time, if you if you want it, it's something you might have to go to like an Indian specialty store, um, but it's, an, it's something that is used in a ton of Indian cooking. And when I'm lucky enough, actually my mother-in-law sometimes will, it's actually a spice blend, and so she will like buy and roast all of the spices and then grind it up, and I can get like a fresh jar that we can keep in our pantry. So for me, that's something we use, and that's really special. But think about, um, you know, are there spices specific to the types of um, ethnic foods or just types of foods that you like to eat? And I think another good recommendation is to just take those 10 or 12 meals that you like the most and make sure that you have all the seasoning and, and ingredients, pantry staples for those meals on hand at all times. 
Grains and starches are another pantry staple and um, something I feel like varies probably quite a bit from family to family. I know a lot of people, um, there's a lot of news and concerns about carbs and various grains and and there's a lot of people that have sensitivities to gluten or wheat or other such things. So that can vary from person to person. But I find that having grains and starches in your pantry is super useful for a base for a lot of quick family meals. Um, you know, kids and really everyone do need carbs. So finding carbs that fit your family and your lifestyle is super important and having those on hand can be super helpful. I know in our family, uh, we eat a lot of rice. So my, my grandma who had been living with us, unfortunately she passed away in December, uh, just shy of her 100th birthday. But she had been living with us last year and uh, she moved in with us and lived with us for about six months. And I remember one of the things she would tell people was that like our family ate a lot of rice. So apparently we maybe eat more rice than she'd experienced in the past, but we love rice. And my particular favorite is sticky rice. And so I will buy like the big giant bag of sticky rice from the Asian store and keep that on hand. Um, And I used to buy like all different kinds of rices and all kinds of jars and I would again end up with these sort of like half containers of different kinds of rice um, that never was like enough to feed my whole family and so again it never got used and I didn't want to just keep it around. So I would say pick one or two favorite grains that you and your family really like to eat and just stick with those for the most part to keep them on hand. Um, The other tip I have is for pasta, because I had the same problem with pasta that I had with rice. Like I would end up with all these little boxes and I feel like most families, I like to call it like sort of this like food graveyard. You end up with these like little dead soldiers that there's not enough food in these boxes to feed your whole family and you end up with all these different little pastas that never get used but you don't want to throw away. So again, kind of like the rice or the grains, I would say stick with with two kinds of pasta if you can. So I usually say one long skinny one, um, spaghetti or angel hair, and then one short stubby one, whether it's like shells or elbows or bow ties, whatever you guys like to eat. But I find if you have one of each, you can usually buy those sort of in a bulkier amount and have those on hand and it will serve you for pretty much any pasta dish that you wanna make. Uh, besides that, I would say tortillas are super, super helpful to have on hand. Um, and then crackers, snack crackers or something you want to use for a charcuterie or something like that. So keeping keeping those things in mind as you sort of collect your grains and starches um, is super handy. Another pantry staple for us um, would be nuts. I know a ton of families that have uh, nut allergies in their family, so maybe not for you. For us, a good source of protein, great snack for the kids. My kids are big nut eaters. Um, We also keep the nut butters. So I love peanut butter and almond butter, but we also keep, you know, there's a lot of good nut nut butter alternatives out there. Um, Specifically, we keep on hand like a sun butter. Our uh, school that my kids go to is nut free. And so anytime that they want to send like a sandwich to school, we'll generally use the sun butter. Uh, and so that can be like a really good nut alternative for families with allergies in the home. The other thing that we keep in our pantry is sort of a whole corner that is just devoted to drinks. So my family loves drinks. I have to have my coffee, so I'll keep my coffees there. Um, But the big thing we also have are a lot of sort of the Mio or the things that you can add to water to sort of flavor water. Uh, You know, we've had guests on the show, dentists, you know, if you use those to excess, they can be kind of bad for your teeth. Um, But 
you know, for me, I think using a little bit here and there has really been helpful, especially in these hot summer months, getting your kids to drink more water and keeping them hydrated through the summer. Uh, a little Mio or other like Crystal Light or any other flavors you want to add into your water, I think for us has been a huge help and helps my kids drink a lot more water. So I like to keep a section of just the items that we use most commonly for baking. Uh, I would highly recommend you reference the list. I think I put together a pretty good list of just those core items that you can use to make most any basic baking item. But having those on hand is huge because it's such a bummer when you go and you're ready to, you know, you're with your kids, you're gonna make these delicious cookies only to realize, you know, you don't have baking soda or whatever this little thing that you know you only need this teaspoon but seems to be so important in the recipe so keeping those core items um it's really only a list of probably like eight to ten items will help you with baking pretty much anything that you want to bake uh preserves and pickles things like jellies pickles um I am recently obsessed with kimchi. So that's like a fermented sort of pickled cabbage and other vegetables. And I like to add that to just about anything I can. So for me, um, keeping, I, I, I like to say I like pretty much anything pickled. So keeping pickled items, uh, if that's something you like to do, something to keep in mind. Condiments and sauces. So that is one uh, that, again, is one that can easily get out of hand at our house. We love sauces and condiments. Uh, I know, like, my mother-in-law has said she's come over to our house, and I think my sister-in-law's as well. And she's always, like, amazed at just how many sauces that we have in the door of the fridge. Um, but I would say, again, you know, that's one of those things where you get excited about a sauce or you buy something just for one one recipe and it ends up sort of accumulating. So going through that, making sure that you know, you're know you kind of sticking to the, the basic sauces that you actually use is a really good idea. So at, at least at our house, I don't feel like the pantry is complete without some quick go-to breakfasts. Um, love to make hot breakfasts when we can, but I think most parents know there are definitely days when you just need to be able to grab a bar or something quick, instant oatmeal, cereal uh, for those quick quick days when everybody needs to get out of the house or everyone overslept. So having some go-to quick pantry breakfast items is a must. Uh, also, you know, obviously we try real hard to um, reduce the amount of processed food we're eating, but I think for us at least, you know, it's definitely a part of the weekly rotation. And so I like to pick a few of those sort of quick processed food. At, at my house, I would say the number one uh, cannot live without item is ramen noodles. So um, it's cheap. You can buy a whole lot for a, a, quite a little. And we'll like to like sort of soup them up, uh, ha ha. But like we'll do, you know, vegetables and you can make them dry or you can make them into a soup so they're actually quite versatile so if that's something that you or your family love I think that that is a great a great one and then um, sort of the classics just having some mac and cheese there are um, for mac and cheese in particular you know if you're looking for organic or gluten-free there's lots of options um, maybe not something that you're looking to make every day but I think something to have as a staple just for those quick meals that you want to make I feel like you always need to have some sort of treats or sweets on hand. You know, you can make your decision as far as, you know, what your family's preferences are. And uh, there's, again, lots of healthier options while you're looking for that. So keeping something like that um, on hand is always helpful. And then sort of those lunchbox items or the after school snack items. And so things like granola bars and the squeezy applesauce or just the little pack 
buckets of things. I like to try to buy things as much in bulk as we can and reduce the amount of like little packaging, but sometimes having some of those on hand just for a quick grab to put in your purse or put in a lunch bag can really be super helpful. So finally, there are some items in uh, like produce type items that I do keep in my pantry, things like onions, garlic, and potatoes that last longer. And so keeping kind of those items in a dry, cool spot and those things can last longer. I like to keep things like that. Also on the list that I've included uh, in the show notes and on our website, I have a few of the fridge and freezer staples that also can last longer and can kind of be those core ingredients as you're looking to prepare some of those more basic and more regular family meals. So go ahead and check those out out for a complete list. Finally, I really want to hear from you. So I put this list together again, like I feel like I hope it will be super helpful for everybody in creating their pantry, but I want to hear like, what are your pantry staples? So please um, check us out on our Facebook page and let me know like what are, what are the pantry staples that you absolutely can't live without? We'd love to hear about it. I think it'll give some great ideas to the other families that are listening to the podcast. And um, it'll just be fun to share. 